Hello and welcome to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon and streaming live around the world at cfcr.ca. I'm your host, Michael Peterson. In the studio with me tonight are Zachary Logan, Michael Koch, and curator Denise Perizek. You're here for Peripheral Influence that will be taking place opening Friday from 7 to 9 at Kenderdine and then from 8 to 11 at AKA. This is part of a joint exhibition building out of a two-year collaboration between Gallery in Austria, which I will let you pronounce the name of, and AKA here. Schleifmüllgasse 12 to 14. Thank you, Denise. And again, thank you for being here. So if we could start first by talking a bit about how this came into being, this built out of originally Zachary's relationship and then you expressed an interest, I understand, to have this exchange happen. We are connected through a friend of ours who is living in New York since 15 years, I suppose, Hermes Payahuba. And he told me that Zachary Logan is a very interesting artist from Canada and I should have an eye on him. So I did it and we invited him to have a show in Vienna and actually before we started the cooperation with AKA he had three exhibitions in Vienna, solo shows. And these were also part of residencies or built out of residencies? Oh, it was a kind of residency. Yeah. It was a residency at my mother's place, and she <laughs> fell in love with him, so... <laughs> oh, and equally <laughs> I fell in love with her. again and again. Because <laughs> this started in, was it 20... 2012, 2012 um, yeah. you were, I think you were introduced to my work maybe in 2011. Yeah, yeah because we, we... We worked out how out it was going to do, how it was going to happen, and then plopped down in the middle of that was a residency through the museum's quarter, which was connected to another curator that you work with, Bogomir Doringer. So it's been a few years of right. relationship building, <laughs> a few years in the works. And so then, yeah, this exchange, Taryn Hughes at AK curated an exhibition that took place at your gallery in Vienna. Yeah, our focus is to bring artists around the world together. And uh, till now, we have done it only in Europe with Romanian, Turkish and Slovenian artists. And since one year, we start with Italians. But through Zachary Logan, it was possible to make the step over the ocean and come to a totally new space <laughs> for us. And it's a really great challenge because it's totally different to all things we have known before. I, I know being in Europe, you have access to a lot of artists nearby from other, like this multicultural aspect, maybe more so than it might be here. It's a little bit more of a distance. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, in terms of like having artists from Austria or Germany or other surrounding countries, but in terms of working then here, what challenges sort of were placed when you're starting to bring artists from like across the ocean, as it were? I think that we are living in totally different constructions of societies and it is very interesting for me to see how it works here in comparison to a good old Europe because in Europe we have other rules and other procedures and it was kind of learning for me and sometimes also not as easy as I have uh, supposed that it will be because we are not used to have strict rules. Are there stricter rules here then for our artist centers, do you mean? I think in general there are stricter rules in Canada or in the United States in comparison to Europe. I've heard from others that yeah, you have some flexibility where you could have an exhibition where works for sale or more of a not-for-profit exhibition in the same space. 
Yeah, it is a totally different system because we have not that funding like Canadian artists have. So like Carfac, like Carfac yeah. or uh, Saskatoon <coughs> Art Board or such things. We are quite privileged in Austria in fundings, but the last years the fundings went down and it's a really hard struggle to get through it. So we have not these departed sections, artist run and commercial gallery. You can do both of them in a hybrid mixture. And when we funded the gallery 2009, the objective was to build a new kind of model of uh, gallery system to make it more transparent, more fair, but have the opportunity to sell as well, but also do uncommercial projects. I would imagine that is a challenge. Can you find funding for both types of exhibitions then, or are the commercial generally No, you only can find fundings for the non-commercial things, but you can put it together and be more flexible and surf through the things, what you're not allowed to do here, I suppose. Interesting. Well, and how is the reception from the public then? They're, they're flexible to coming in to see different types of shows under the same roof then? Oh, the public doesn't recognize it. For them, it's just an art show. The it's an art show, yeah. Right. So that it's really more on the back end in terms of trying it's to create It's more all those in the divisions. back and nobody uh, takes care if you're selling or not. It's your business. And if you think you have to keep the freedom to make uncommercial projects where you can't sell anything or at least you can sell it for a museum or a bigger institution. So nobody cares. It's your business. Well, I think that's really interesting, the amount of flexibility that could hold and the opportunities to really allow an, an exhibition to grow in different directions, maybe, rather than trying to prescribe it within a certain framework. So then this exhibition in particular, working with AKA and working with the artists here, could you talk a bit about what that process has been like, learning about the artists or curating? Working with the artists is no different to working with the artists in Europe because artists are artists. <laughs> and it, it's a great fun for me to have the exchange of thinking, changing the perspectives, having new influences. This is the most important impact for me. Working with an institution is a bit different because I have to know the rules and then I can work with them. But it's a new experience. Sure. And then even, we were talking before, even within that, you're not just working with one institution, but this, you're working across two different spaces, one in a public space, one on a university. So even within Saskatoon, there's quite a bit to sort of manage. Yeah, but this I didn't recognize from uh, this distance because this is more a Saskatoon story. And uh, I was glad that we have a second partner, but I didn't look behind for you, it's more just about creating that exhibition then. Yeah. And, and then the spaces where it sort of lives yeah. at that point. Interesting. So the curatorial premise is building out of the butterfly effect and this idea of globalization and, and locality. Yeah, because this is a big issue in Europe. And I think it's an issue, a global issue as well. We have so many <coughs> problems all over the world, starting from the refugees over the dot com and we have many crises, financial crises, bank crises all over the world. The societies are changing, the political system is changing. We have new movements in Europe apart from the political system. So there are many influences coming together and sometimes I have the 
feeling that my brain will explode because there are so many things I have to focus on and which are influencing me personally as well as our art business. And so this was the idea to bring together the influences from the new and the old world, from problems we have and problems they are global. And I think we can't avoid to be influenced from all these things. I think it's such an interesting place to start because the idea of globalization is something that affects us all. But even as I was talking with Laura St. Pierre and I brought up that notion of globalization, one thing she said is she wasn't entirely sure how her art intersects on a global level. I think she's thinking on that sort of local level how it does. And certainly there are these aspects to which speak to larger issues. But I think it's just sort of interesting to think how an artist could start to address some of those really big spaces. Well, I think just the artwork sort of starts to create a dialogue like across the differences and it creates linkages so where Laura might not see her work being intertwined with other sort of ideas of globalization it most certainly is when it's linked to another artist's work because they start to dialogue and talk to one another and then those ideas are fleshed out more and it just makes the work more dimensional because that's that's what a group show is about, right? <laughs> yeah, and that. this is also the work of curators to point out from their perspective what's uh, interesting for them or how to connect all these unique points of artists' work. Well, yeah, and I think it's really an interesting point to start because when you're talking about someone like Laura's work, as you say, Zach, certainly it is intersecting with all these global ideas, but for yeah. her, she's starting Personally. from that local level. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And and so and it's this idea of, and which I think is one of those interesting points in a globalization debate, is that we're each in a local context, but, of course. but at the same time being affected on a global level. And yeah, I think it's interesting to hear how that's starting to come out in a curatorial space. We can't avoid to think it uh, more why in a wider range i think even if some artists are also in europe saying oh i'm not a political artist but it depends of the point of view how you interpret the artwork yeah i mean just even working with ideas of and images of nude male bodies and how they're <laughs> how they're seen in different countries in different contexts and and that's the strange things that happen in a place like, for instance, Paris, where the first time I showed in Paris, the police showed up at the gallery and wanted the piece removed. And I was astounded because it was Paris and Paris is just f full of nudity. <laughs> but again, it's it's like a different construction of nudity. And the um, the figures that I'm looking at that I'm saying, well, there's nudes everywhere. They're 17th century sculptures. So as soon as you put a 21st century or 20th century construction of male nudity, it is completely shifts the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's totally strange because on Facebook, his uh, artworks are sometimes uh, censored, censored <laughs> but right-wing people can post everything. And yeah. when you uh, say, oh, I want them to be off this, or social network they do nothing yeah. but when you show a penis then it's away after yeah. 20 seconds i suppose interesting well if you don't mind the police showed up the first time yeah 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 i mean i just brought it up to you know set an example but no uh, of course. Uh, for the conversation but yeah what happened was we were installing the show and the the gallery had a storefront 
And that's a funny comparison to what happened in Vienna when I showed Beautiful Losers, which is a massive painting with nine uh, of myself, all pretty much naked. And Schleifmilgas says completely a storefront. All you see is, I mean, it's just a floor to ceiling glass. So you just, all you saw was the painting. And I think people engaged with it in a very different way than they did in Paris. In the <laughs> so, city of love. <laughs> in the, yeah, right? So I don't know. It's interesting to see how things work differently and yeah. different. Yeah. How that site starts to influence how it works. Right, red. yeah. How the Viennese might see Laura's work versus Saskatonians. And then part of the show, too, is then about bringing some of those localized views into different spaces to start different dialogues to some extent, like bringing art made in Vienna here in terms of dialoguing with our art or our societies? Oh, I'm very curious yeah. how the audience will see the shows and how they will talk about it. It's also a challenge for me. I'm not sure if it works here or not. Well, we will find out on Friday. A bit of an experiment then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we take this moment then to talk a bit about some of the works that we'll see in the show. Zach, could we start with yours? I'm just talking about the works and where they'll be shown. Right. My work will be shown at the Kenderdine, and I have three ceramic pieces and a small drawing. All fairly new work. One piece is going to be a reconfiguration of something that I showed in Vienna in, in 2014. And the other work is very, very new. And Michael, maybe we could bring you in for a moment. Would you be willing to talk a bit about the work that you have done? I will exhibit in the AKA gallery and it will be um, LED display. It's a counter and it counts movement and transform it into something visual. It's just a device, a radar device. And if someone comes in or I put it on uh, through the wall to the street, it will display movements and give every movement uh, a pattern or in a number. It's a simple thing. Responding then to the viewer and changing as people come in or early? Yeah, uh, maybe people who are in the room. It's just a, a movement. Uh, so if someone comes in and um, the counter will recognize it and will in the display will count it. And on the display, there will be a pattern. I call it brain and it's doing randomized pattern by every move so you will have to count so one comes in and a movement happens so it's just a number it's one two three four it's counting up and for every number there will a pattern and this one it's randomized so it's not just a counting thing it's that every every movement uh, get a special visualization of his movement I won't do, okay, it's, it's simple because of uh, how, this, uh, how this piece happens and it was just an idea of a good friend of mine to bring something in what he's, uh, in what he's better than me and he's an IT technician. Okay. And so he was in my living room and um, stands for three days a week and flying back to Germany. And uh, he helps me and we, we like to do something, a piece for an exhibition in Vienna. The piece, it's just a design object. It's, it's like a, you can buy counters everywhere. Everything is counting. So, so your clicks on YouTube, 
and uh, maybe in, in Vienna, so how many bicycles driving uh, through a crossroad. And, but it's just a display. It's just something you bought. And this display we made from sketch. Maybe it's a, li a little bit just painting. Isn't there an aspect of it too where there's, indiv there's an uh, individual aspect to it where every person who's counted has their own configuration? It's, has its own pattern. Right. Yes. Which right. I think is an important and it's Oh yeah, it's never the same. Yeah. So yeah, every, maybe every movement it's what is gone could be recognized about a pattern, what I gave it to him, to this movement especially. Then responding to the people coming into the exhibition, into the, as they come into the gallery, does it change? Or is it as they're walking past the piece itself? No, no, the piece is on the wall. Right. And it's just a counting display. It's where the radar it shows. So, so maybe I can get it sensibilized uh, to just visitors who comes in. But as it is a radar, it goes through walls and it goes through uh, windows as well. So it depends when... When it happens, maybe they they counting the cars on the street as well. I, I have to I have to look at this tomorrow, but normally it should be the visitors to the gallery. Did you say you've shown this in Vienna as well? Then yes. Or, okay. But in Vienna it was a bit different because we had the radar going out through the window, and we are in one of the streets where all the galleries are in Vienna. We have three uh, quarters or uh, gallery quarters there. And we were counting the people who uh, stop and watching the art in the window. So we had in three weeks 96,000 passengers wow. yeah. uh, stopping and watching the art. And then and the art changing with each person that stopped yeah. this particular piece. And this was also a thing. Uh, we are in a society where everything and everybody is permanently surveillance and counted and and they're also tagged. they're also counting themselves they wear yeah. the those uh, fitness watches and the we're all participating in it yeah also the mobile phones yeah. so you are never alone no. at our times and no. this was my impact for this work why i want to show it here and have you shown interactive works like this before michael or is this Normally, I'm a painter, okay. so, so that's what I'm studying. I'm mostly doing very minimalistic art pieces, panels of wood and like squares with just two colors. You mentioned when you were describing it earlier that you consider this somewhat of a painting, maybe. Or... Okay, it's a design piece. I'm, I'm, I'm a, normally, I'm, a, I'm very simple and it's not the big meaning behind this counter in the first place. It was just an opportunity to do something with a friend which knows about electronic more than me. And the piece as itself, there are so many details before you get the panels. You have to cut out the <coughs> acrylic and you have to bring together the LEDs and the layers that it's lightning like it does and the cables, what it shows. It's like a piece out of a laboratory. And I am really get hooked with the, how does it looks and that, that's what's, uh, what turns me on and what I like to watch. That's a simple thing. Um, it's not the, the big meaning and the counting. That comes, to, that comes at the end when you have the pieces together and then you watch it and you know 
at the end what he what what the piece is doing it wasn't so planned in in the first place organic somewhat of that process organic yeah and Denise, maybe we could talk just a bit more about some of the other works in the show. Perhaps I pick out Franz Wassermann. He is an Austrian artist and he is doing social monuments and video work and photographs. And he has done last autumn a performance on Heldenplatz in Vienna. And this space is in front of uh, Hofburg, the former emperor's castle. And the space has a very strange connotation because uh, it was not only the space for the emperors, it was also the space where Hitler has held his first big speech in 1938. And Franz Wassermann wanted to turn around the bad influence of this big place and the second input for his work was globalization and neoliberalism. And he made flags. They looked like the Nazi flags. But instead of the Hakenkreuz, he did names of brands like Google, Airbus. He even wrote his name also on one of these flags. And he had 50 flags and we were 50 people and we had to go seven times around the space in right direction and the last time in left direction. And this uh, ritual was combined with a group of drummers who did like a heartbeat drumming. And it was also influenced of a First Nation ritual where you uh, can change the connotation of a place when you're doing uh, several times the circle in one direction and then turn it around and mm. bring it back to another uh, position in a way. Is it photographs out of the cell be shown? No, or he a has video? made a video okay. and we will do this video uh, with a digital projector because it has to be really big and you have to hear the sound, this heartbeat sound, not loud, but it has to go into you have to your, feel it. Yeah, into your body. And we will show this at Candertine. Okay. And then we have, for example, Maria Grün. She is also an Austrian artist. Uh, she has made a digesting machine. It looks like a human stomach. Agnes Hamvash, uh, she is uh, Serbian-Hungarian, uh, where she is born. It was former Hungarian and Serbian, and uh, so she's a Hungarian minority in Serbian, living in Vienna. And she made out of a stencil a new kind of image. She sprayed a word on threads. So. Okay. You see the word at first sight, but uh, there are tiny parts like pixels because you have 12 threads on a wall and there you have parts of every letter on it. Hmm. So it brings it together, the word, when you install it in the right way. And the word is simulacrum and simulacrum is... Uh, origin from the Roman uh, philosophy or for also for the, from the Greek philosophy, but uh, also Shishak and Deleuze and 
many uh, philosophers of our time have made their interpretation of simulacrum as a, a sign which is mirroring of the reality, but not really. Right. So you have a lot of uh, possibilities of interpretation of this word. And Maria Grün and Agnes Samwasch will be shown at AKA. Well, and then we've got a few Saskatoon and area artists I'll be showing along with them. Clint Neufeld yes. with his gorgeous ceramic works. And Joy Akan. She has overworked her uh, older work. Uh, these are postcards where she is talking about these cliches, how you should see a First Nation female person through the eyes of a not First Nation person. From an other <laughs> perspective somewhat. Yeah. And Heather Benning, yeah. uh, she uh, brings in this virus discussion. She was dealing with BSE, but nowadays we have the Zika virus, and it's also a virus discussion which is influencing us. Maybe we can finish on a note of me asking what types of conversations among these works, as Zach was talking about that sort of idea of globalization starts to come in the dialogue between the works. Do you have hopes for what that dialogue will be, or is it more about putting these different conversations in a room and sort of seeing what comes out of it? No, I hope a dialogue will take place, and it will... Uh, be an opportunity if you are open-minded that you can think a lot about this exhibition after visiting it and I hope it will never leave your brain and and take away some ideas of how yeah. we're acting and, and influencing the world let's finish up there well thank you again for being on the show thank you for inviting thank you. us thank you Again, a reminder that this opening is on Friday at both AKA and Kenderdine. Kenderdine on campus from 7 to 9. I believe, Denise, you're giving a curatorial tour at 7. And to my understanding as well, there will be a bus that will be transporting people to AKA following. So starting at Kenderdine, taking the bus down to AKA, which will be having its reception from 8 to 11, along with a number of other galleries in the area, paved arts, 330G on Avenue G South, Void Gallery, my own, and then moving up onto Broadway, the Saskatchewan Craft Council is holding an exhibition that night as well. And for those who are looking for more of a marketplace, the Flock and Gathers Handmade Market, just further up Broadway. This has been Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. A reminder as always, you can find us on social media. We're Unframed Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you'd like to listen to this episode again or any of our past episodes, go to unframedradio.com or you can find our podcast on iTunes. Thank you and have a good evening.